Have you ever thought about picking up an investment property? Most people who do get something that's close to home, you know, maybe a duplex, a condo, something where they'll find the tenants themselves and be able to keep an eye on the property while keeping up the maintenance and things like that. But have you ever thought of getting something thousands of kilometers away where the tourists need a place to stay? I'm Desmond Brown, and today on Sold in the Six, we're going to talk to a couple who live in Toronto and bought a property in the mountains of Alberta. Okay, I may have misled you a little bit in the introduction. The people who bought the property in Alberta are actually me and my wife, Alice. And today, Alice is going to join us to go over the whole experience. Alice, welcome back to Sold in the Six. Thanks, Des. Okay, wow. What an experience we just went through uh, getting this property out west, eh? That's for sure. It was a blitz. Okay, it was a blitz. Okay, so this is all your idea of doing this. So tell us, why do we do this and where is this place? Well, I'll start with where. Um, it's in Kenmore, Alberta, which is um, a small town outside the Banff Park Gate. So it's as mm-hmm. basically as close as you can get to the Banff Park, Banff National Park without being inside the park where the residency is really limited. So it's a, it's a normal little town, just it's still nestled right in the mountains, beautifully located. Yeah, it really is beautiful. And why Canmore? So, well, why Canmore? Um, well, you know, we did muse about other places. Could we see ourselves having a retirement place or a vacation place in other pl- uh, places? But I think in, in the end, you and I both felt we never really feel at home unless we're in Canada. We never really feel comfortable unless we're in Canada. As much as I love to travel, and I've traveled all over the world, um, you know, when you, when you just feel, it just feels right when you're in Canada. You just feel comfortable and at home. Yeah, we sure do. And we know Canmore because your mom used to live in Canmore. We used to visit quite often. So let's go over the buying process and um, what we went through to buy this property and how we bought it. Sure. I I thought maybe just back up a little bit about with what like triggered the decision to buy it right now, as opposed to any other time. And it was just, um, you know, I think I hit a feeling of sort of general malaise over the last couple of years. And it was a combination of, of the pandemic and just also moving on to a new phase in our lives, right? Our children are growing up. Uh, they're moving on. They're, you can see them moving into the next phase of their lives. And, you know, so you and I, we're having, going to have a different role in, in life. And, um, you know, we're no, no longer going to be running this camp for children. Um, our children <laughs> in our home. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, and just kind of wondered what life held for me. And I was, uh, between the pandemic and the void it, it, uh, that was coming, you know, I was feeling just, like I said, a general malaise. And it had been a tough few years um, during the pandemic, working, you know, a very demanding job, sitting at my kitchen counter in Zoom meetings all day. Um, And especially after my previous role where I um, traveled the world, you know, I was away every, you know, for one week out of every month, just about at least um, in Singapore, London, Australia, Los Angeles. So, you know, it felt very, very grounded by the pandemic and very shut in. Um, and I felt like there's a real lack of beauty in, in our lives. You know, I thought we, you know, we were really quite solid as a family and solid as a couple, but, you know, there was sort of that lack of beauty and anticipation. Um, so that's what kind of spurred on, 
got me, you know, looking and, and feeling like what comes next for me. And so at the same time, as I was reflecting on what life held, and as we moved on to the next phase of our life, which included, you know, to some degree, becoming more financially stable than we had been, you know, all the years when you're on mat leave, or you're between jobs, or you're changing jobs, yeah. you know, you buy a house that's too big, and you're trying to pay for it, and so on. Um, you know, we're coming to a phase where, you know, the daycare years were behind us, and we both, you know, both had good jobs. And so we, you know, while we still have some debt, you know, I felt that, you know, we could um, take a risk financially. And I, I really wanted to enjoy the time I had left as a, an active, healthy adult, you know. Yeah, exactly. Before we move on to yet the the, the, fall, the next phase where I guess you, you, you're sort of in the twilight of your life. I felt like I had a lot of life to live and I, I wanted to make sure that, you know, we were able to enjoy it to its fullest and I didn't spend it sitting at the kitchen counter on Zoom meetings. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah, well, you won't when you're in Canmore because Canmore is a great place for hiking and you're a great skier, so it's it's close to sunshine. Sunshine. Well, you used to drag me along. I I just barely kept up with you, <laughs> going down the hill, rolling down the hill as you were skiing down the hill. But anyway, it's it's close. It's close to sunshine. Yeah, you're laughing because you can re you remember a couple. Of I times just that remember happened. you like skis head, skis head, skis head. <laughs> it's your fault. Black guys don't ski. Anyway. <laughs> um, yeah, Canmore is beautiful for that. So it's close to uh, Banff. It's like 10 minutes from the gates of Banff. Uh, you want to do more skiing again. You grew up skiing uh, just outside of Ottawa at um, Camp Fortune, where your your father got you into skiing and uh, your brothers as well. And um, it's not far from Lake Louise. And, you know, last summer we took our youngest son, Felix, out to Banff for a trip right after school and the day that Felix and I went golfing, you headed into Canmore to look at properties. I did. Yeah. I mean, this was never my idea, this property out there, by the way. <laughs> That's right. I'm very active, but golf isn't my favorite. So uh, spending a half day looking at real estate um, made sense to me. And I had this, con you know, this idea in my head that this might happen. So I did a quick run through of what's available and they have some really particular zoning because as you mentioned, in uh, in the intro, like it, it is a very heavily touristed town. There's a very rock solid base of regular year round re residents, but it's like a lot of places. It just it booms uh, at uh, in the summer and of course during ski season. So they have some very particular zoning rules around how long you can rent out places uh, and so on. So there's some that are zoned for short term rentals, some for rentals of no less than 30 days. So what would be longer term rentals? And then of course, just the regular rental market where a person. Yeah. yeah. So I sort of became familiar with that and also the types of properties that were available, like from condos to apartments, to uh, houses, you know, new developments, old developments to different locations. So just kind of getting some comfort with, okay, what are the options? What, how does the zoning, what's being built? Uh, how does the zoning affect a choice? And also um, getting some comfort around the agent that um, that I'd picked, and you know, just getting to to getting to know her. Yeah, exactly. So you went out there, you looked around, you became familiar with the properties in Canmore. While I was hoping that it was just kind of like, okay, face she's going to go through, and we're never going to buy anything. And then we came back to Toronto, and properties started popping up, and the agent would go through a showing with us. Um, online, well, not online, but through through FaceTime, 
So that's how we viewed the properties out there. And also during that process, we had to become familiarized with value and also a process on how they do things in Alberta when it comes to selling a property versus here in Toronto. So let's talk a little bit about that. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, I, I never thought I would, I had in my mind that, you know, oh, I thought I wouldn't actually buy a pro I would not actually buy a property from a video showing only that I would like, okay, it looks good. And I'm going to fly out and take a look at it, make sure it's right. But I realized that was, it was just wasn't feasible um, because the properties um, were not on the market for very long. So just, you know, by the time you jumped on a plane, which I, you know, I had a full time, well, I have a full time job and it's very busy uh, and you're very busy and we still have a child at home. So there's, you know, not like um, we're completely unanchored. So I couldn't just jump on a plane to look at a place. And I also realized they are so used to selling properties um, through FaceTime. Like in other words, sorry, viewing, uh, showing properties through a video showing. And I shouldn't say FaceTime because it's a proprietary technology, but through any kind of video platform, people just have this incredible ease, I think, because of the pandemic with uh, using different um, online platforms and, and video um, capabilities on their phones and their tablets and so on. So, and they, the agents really had a very good, uh, they had developed a good technique and, and so on. So I, I did really. Yeah, they were really good. Yeah. And I found also that they didn't, you know, they didn't push us. Uh, you know, if I said, oh, that closet looks a little small, they didn't say, oh, it just looks small on, on the screen. They said, yeah, it's a little yeah. small. So <laughs> yeah, I did get, small. you know, I kind of developed that trust. Um, so, yeah, I just kind of kept an eye, you know, I set up on that automatic email that you set your clients up on. And, and I don't think I said much to you because I didn't want to panic you unnecessarily until it was time to panic you that I still had this idea in my head. And I think when the first really appropriate property came up, and so I was really quite fixed in, in what I wanted. I didn't have a lot of must-haves, but I was, I, I was quite fixed in the things that I absolutely had to have. And number one was it, there had to be a beautiful view. Like I didn't want to overlook anything but an absolutely beautiful view. Um, it had to have at least three bedrooms because if we, you and I go up and our children come up and we invite a friend up, I wanted there to be enough room for enough people to sleep company comfortably. Um, and I would say those were the two main, the two like um, things that I wouldn't, I wouldn't compromise yeah. on. So well, we wanted, we wanted to be in town too. Like in, I'm sorry, that's right. Yeah, right, the, yeah. that's right. In oh, the yeah. town of Cam where we could walk for coffees and and things like that. Yeah, um, you know, because that's that's a very good point. Um, I wanted to be able to walk to coffee, and I wanted to be able to walk home from the pub. I didn't. I just I didn't want to go and have a <laughs> not crawl home. No, exactly. <laughs> or yeah, yeah, or or worse, right? So. Um, <laughs> think what that might be. Um, but yeah, I know I wanted, I wanted it to still be walkable. Um, it, you know, Alberta, just unlike any other, like that's a real driving province, right? Like they think nothing of driving 50 kilometers for a beer, right? So, um, so, so I just wanted to make sure that it was, we still had that kind of walkability that we love here in Toronto, right? Where we, we can walk to the amenities, we can get some groceries, we can, uh, go to the library. We can go to the the post office. I wanted. I still wanted to have those amenities. I didn't want to feel like I was in the you know the middle of nowhere. Beautiful nowhere, but nowhere. Um. So yeah, you're absolutely right. The walkability was very important. Um. So we. So when that first property that ticked all the boxes came up, I I remember talking to you, and yeah, I have to say you 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 were you changed gears pretty quickly in the sense that I felt like you were very supportive. I think maybe just no, yeah. there was no, well, I didn't, no well, choice. yeah, I was like, I was, I was trying to, 
all the way through the whole process, it's like, oh, there's no way we're going to buy something way out there. And that's fine. I really don't feel like getting <laughs> into debt, owning another property. So like a good husband, I just went along with it. And then I saw how serious you were about this. And I said, yeah, I bought into the whole process. So here we go. So yeah, so let's talk about the first and, and second ones that we saw that we really liked. Right. Um so I think, did we make a total, uh, I, I can't remember, we were involved in two or three bidding wars. I can't remember, or multiple yeah, exactly. multiple offers. Yeah. Um, and yeah, the first going one. going on out there too. Yeah. And, and the first one, like we had fairly good, I think the first one was offered in the high 700s. And at that point I had a pretty good, I, you know, I'd been watching the prices and I asked my agents and they said, and I'd watched prices, houses sell and so on. So I, I thought, you know, I had a pretty good sense of value and they said, oh, you know, it might go in the mid eights. It might go as high as the mid eights. So I, I can't remember what we offered, but maybe yeah, it was something near the mid eights. And they said, I think we offered something like that. I think we, we offered in the mid eights. Yeah. I think we just followed their advice. Okay. Let's um, like, I don't want to play around. I, I like the place. I, I don't really enjoy the hunt. Um, you know, I've seen your clients really, you know, suffer through multiple uh, off failed multiple offers and it's, it's really hard on them. And I, I really, I didn't want to, that that part of it was not the fun part. Uh, so I, we went in what I would consider not strong, and our and our agents had said it was a strong offer, and it went in the high nines. So in other words, it went for over two hundred over asking. So even they, even the agents were were quite surprised. They were guessing, yeah, exactly. And that, I was going through a lot of that here in Toronto, selling properties where I was completely surprised by a final selling price. Sometimes it would go 100, 200 more than what I figured it should be going for. So I felt kind of good about that, that, that they were going through that too. It wasn't just me. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I guess what I realized was, uh, you know, we had a couple of more multiple offer situations where we lost out on. And I realized um, also watching the number of days on the market, which was sometimes one day, two days. I mean, if it hit five days, it was, it was moldering on the market, right? So I realized really the only comparables were what a similar property sold for the day before. And exactly, it really was, yeah. no, honestly, and I'm not even joking, like yeah. what, it, what, like look at what, what sold the day before, maybe two days before, that's the comparable. And so really what I had to go on was, how much do I want this property? Like without being, you know, reckless, right? But if a pro how much do I want a property and what is my budget? And that's kind of what I started to operate within. Um, in terms of making offers or considering making offers. Yeah. And I remember we said, well, we're not going to pay more than a million. That's it. That's it. But we'll get into that yeah. a little bit later. <laughs> um, the other, yeah, yeah, exactly. The other thing about buying a property in Alberta uh, compared to Ontario is that in Alberta, in multiple offer situations, the agents don't have to disclose how many properties you're competing against. And I couldn't believe that. And we had that, you know, here in, here in Toronto. In you Ontario, mean how many other buyers? The, how many how many other bids there are? Yeah, how many other bids there are? So you got to know how, I mean, in on Toronto here or Ontario, you have to know how many people you are competing against. It's, it's those are parts of our laws here and um, under our, our real estate boards. Out there, they don't have to tell you anything. And so you just have to go by trust. You don't even know if you're really competing. Like you really don't. But we were, and I trusted the agents in the end, but it just uh, completely turned me off. The other thing was we ended up bidding on a second property and they suggested, the agents, we uh, suggest that we go in with a bully offer or a preemptive offer as we call them here in Toronto. And 
we went in with a pretty good uh, offer over the asking price, and they didn't accept it. Yeah, they said, so, they said, thank you very much for your offer. We want to wait till offer date, right? Which yeah, was we'll five days later. Like, so we thought, a, yeah, yeah. okay, we'll wait for yeah, offer day and we'll wait. probably offer the same, right? And then, yeah, or maybe even a little bit more because most people do come up. And then what do we find out the next day? That they went and sold it to somebody else without even giving us a chance to come back. And that's a complete no-no here in Toronto. So I was not pleased. And, you know, I fired off an email to, to the agents out there. And I said, I know this isn't your fault, but there's a real lack of transparency in the way real estate is done in Alberta. You know, first of all, you should have told us that there was another offer, even though they said they were going to wait till Tuesday and they didn't to give us a chance to come back, right? In the long run, the seller would have benefited. He, the seller would have benefited. They would have had two offers at least competing against each other, but they didn't even do that. They just left us out and accepted that other offer. So I wasn't pleased because there's no way that would have ever happened here in Toronto. I would never have let that happen if it was one of my listings. But anyway, we found out soon enough that they do to business differently out there. Well, yeah, and I, I mean, I think don't think I, I our so I guess what you're talking about is we made a bully offer that was turned down, and and the yeah. seller said we'll wait till offer date, and then somebody else made a bully offer, which was accepted, and they never the property never made it to offer date. So, um, I, I don't think our agents even knew there was a second bully offer, uh. And, you know, I, I guess I feel too like that second offer was obviously better than ours. And uh, it was a good price that the sellers liked and the sellers chose not to continue on to offer date. So, yeah, I understand that. But you should notify everybody else who is interested. We have to get in touch with everyone who has shown the property, right? We have to get in touch with everyone who's shown the property to give them a chance to come in if there is that bully offer. They don't operate like that out there. They just grab the first thing that comes along and then the next thing you know, everybody who had shown it and thought there was going to be an offer date on Tuesday, like us, lose out, lose out. Go away and start pouting like I did. Okay. <laughs> so, okay, so then another one came up. Yeah, I guess, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not laughing at you exactly, but you, you sure did pout. Yeah, I mean, I, my concern was you were going to... Uh, so I, I, I was born in Alberta. My mother was born in Alberta and um, my, so my, my mom's family's from Alberta. So I know, but I've lived down East my whole life and my brothers are born down East and I've always lived down East, down East being Ontario and Quebec. And so there's, I'm aware that there's a real kind of a divide between out West and down East. Um, and I was afraid that I mean, I was, I was happy with my agents and no, they don't have to be my best friends or anything, but I was afraid that you were going to start lecturing them on how we do it so much better in Toronto and how it's so much better. And I really I never did that. No, you didn't. I never you didn't. Did but I just felt like they might kind of read that into the comments. So I, I was a little. No, I, as a consumer is what uh, was the, was the stance that I took as a consumer. I felt misled. I felt uh, that I wasn't represented very well as a consumer. So. You know, all you people here in Ontario who think our system's yick, ick, it, it's or whatever, it's, it, it, it's not. It's it's better than Alberta, yeah, okay? You don't know it how really good is. you got it. We have yeah. A, yeah, we have so much more transparency here. So when Alice and I were thinking of buying this investment property, the first thing we did was get pre-qualified for a mortgage. And of course, I got in touch with my friend and mortgage agent, Jason Georgopoulos, at Dominion Lending. 
Jason got us a great rate, great terms, and the rest is history. We've got the place. The place closed and we have a mortgage on it. So if you're thinking of buying a property, please get pre-qualified and get in touch with Jason Georgopoulos of Dominion Lending. And he can be reached at jasong at dominionlending.ca. Okay, so one comes up that uh, we liked. Let's talk about that one. What happened was there was a complete lack of inventory. So now we're in, like, we're in the spring, April-ish of this year, and there's a complete lack of inventory. Like, there's maybe one property a week coming out that fits my parameters. And so I'm starting to, like, so I felt like there was kind of a TikTok for me, and I transitioned into... um, I don't want to see. I, I kind of got caught up in the market at that point, right? So I became desperate. We lost a few properties, lost out on a few properties. Prices were going nothing but up, and there was an absolute lack of inventory. So I, I guess I was, yeah, I, I probably lost a little bit of perspective. And um, a property that had sat on the market for a while, unusually, um, I, I, I kind of revisited it. Um, I'm talking about online. I revisited the pictures. Pictures were terrible. It was tenanted. It was like, it was messy. It was there tired. Was, it was, well, not just that. It just, it really looked, it didn't look great. And there was absolutely no information online. Like they actually have quite a bit of information online available on all the listings. There was no, um, there was no uh, layout plan. There was nothing about um, condo fees. There was nothing about how it was managed. There was no management documents, no financials. Um, so yeah, there was nothing there, but I thought, oh, what the heck? Um, you know, nothing's coming on. Um, maybe I should take a look at it and, and find out, at least find out if it's feasible and then dig for more information if I was interested. And the day that I asked my agent, you know, maybe we take a look at that property. He said, yeah, I was wondering why it didn't sell. Sure. I'll book a showing. And sorry, the next day he said, they took, they accepted an offer. I'm like, Jesus. Yeah, just like that. Even yeah. the stinky old properties with no information or. <laughs> yeah, they were selling. Everybody was, was selling in that market. Everything was selling in that market. But something that was meant to be happened, which was a few days later, it was a, sorry, that property that I was speaking of was in a self managed fourplex. So there's four properties. The mirror property in that fourplex came on the market. And it was beautiful. Like I have to say, it was the pictures were fantastic. Um, and let me just say too, I mean, it wasn't. It was a very modest place. It was built in 1997. It was in mint 1997 um, condition. So, uh, <laughs> and that means exactly what uh, what it sounds like. Um, but the pictures were beautiful, um, you know, very good, showed, showed every room very well. There was lots of information. There was lo- all the condo documents were available online, all the financials, all everything, I mean, all the site plan, everything. So, the, you know, the, the, the lawyer in me and the type A in me was very, you know, felt very satisfied to have so much yeah, transparency exactly. with the listing. So, um, and, you know, I think at that point we were just like, we're, we're, well, as I said, I think the emotional side, I was, uh, had been triggered in me in the sense that I was starting to feel like a desperate purchaser. And, um, <laughs> and so we had a showing and we just thought we're not going to wait. Like, I don't want to wait. It's perfect. It's great. There's so much transparency. We had a little bit of concern about, you know, these things are self-managed. There's a lot of self-managed condos out there. So, you know, the owners just kind of get together and try to figure it out to manage the property in accordance with the condominium act. And, um, 
well, the problem was two other places were turning over at the same time because the one that was didn't show well or didn't look right in pictures that was turning over and now this one was turning over so two out of four and it's seen that the two owners who were selling were the ones who were the most active in the self-management so i mean we had a yeah, little exactly, bit of concern yeah. there but i also thought well what the heck you know i'm in for a penny and for a pound i mean i'm 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 not i'm not managing a soccer team anymore so maybe i'll just help manage this condo i might as well jump in with two feet yeah, um, you jump, you're gonna jump in i, I know love, you will I, yeah i love a i love a project so anyways um yeah we just we made an offer the next day and you know we were semi-strategic about it i think she was asking was it 928 or no what was it i don't remember what she was asking i don't remember now but i know we went in over asking and we got it for over a million and uh, we got it. So um, I don't have a lot of time left in the podcast, but I want I want to uh, quickly go over. Um, first of all, yes, we, we loved it. We got it with a bully offer. Uh, you finally went out to see it and meet the owner and you loved it in person. Just loved it. Um, and then you came back to Toronto and you said, okay, she's going to be leaving some stuff behind. Um, I need to, we, we need to furnish this because we have to rent it out. You found a property management company and we have to furnish this place, Desi. Like, how are we going to do this? How are we going to do this? And then, you know, with the way things are where, you know, if there's Ikea and StruckTube and, and other outlets out there, but we couldn't order online. They wouldn't do the orders online for you for, when deliver from Calgary to Canmore. Um, we had, yeah, is that we couldn't get somebody to take a delivery if there was going to be a delivery. So last week. Yeah. And there's a real supply shortage out there too. So, I mean, yeah, you, you can order, a, you may be so, able to find a bed, but no mattress. So. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and just to take a quick step back to the property management company you met out there, they said, yes, we need properties like this. We can, we guarantee you, we can get somebody in here for you. So you're like, oh, this is great. It's going to work. So last week, you and son number two, Cyrus, hopped on a plane, flew out to Calgary, picked up a 15-foot U-Haul box van, headed straight to... Van? (laughs) It was a truck. straight to Ikea. (laughs) Yeah, right? Packed it all up with stuff. And headed to Canmore to furnish it. So that was great. I couldn't believe all the pictures that you were sending back and just how much you and Cy got accomplished in those four days that you were out there. Yeah, well, I think it was, it was, um, it was, uh, yeah, four full days, but part days on either side. So, you know, four full days. And and trust me, I mentioned part days because every second mattered. So, yeah, it was um, somewhat like um, planning the Normandy landing, I think, without the bad parts um you know like fine number one i i i, I picked i picked the, the, that this past weekend and was the long weekend uh, august 1st long weekend i picked that weekend to uh go out with cyrus to furnish it because it was canmore folk festival and i thought it would be uh number one i thought it would impose the least on cyrus um because to take time off work right um it would because it was a long weekend already so it was one less day off work and also I thought the folk festival would lend a nice like vibe and that Cyrus would like it better because as you know, a lot of, a lot of, I mean, you know, we're watching our kids leave us, but we, a lot of how we plan our lives right now is to make something, we hope that they will, you know, come visit us or want to be with us and so on. So I wanted him to have a good experience. So I picked this weekend, 
Well, what I didn't actually anticipate was number one, it's the end of the month and it's moving day. So there's not a you like the vans. Well, there almost was not a car to rent. Like I, I was lucky to get a car, which ultimately, you know, it's a good thing. You got involved uh, at some point because you said you're not going to fit everything in that. It, you know, was a standard size SUV. It was crazy. I don't know what, what I was thinking. Like women have no sense of size, right? So. <laughs> um, no, it's true. Like, lie too, too long. Will this fit in here? Maybe. I don't know. So anyway, you said, no, nah, you're going to need a pickup truck. There was no pickup truck. There was no van. They were all rented out for moving day. So I was lucky enough to get a, the only thing I could get with this 15 foot truck, which I thought was too big. And I had some concerns about, you know, driving it, frankly. Um, but it was uh, it was not so bad, and then so in the end, uh, well, the good part about that was it, it was it was quite easy to drive, and the mirrors were great, and um, and then the other part was just kind of planning. Okay, what's our strategy? We have four full days. I need to shop for a three bedroom house, and and furnish it like also housewares as well, right? So I guess the part that we didn't cover was we're not going to be like even at this point in our lives, we're still not going to be out there much more than say two weeks in the winter and maybe a week in the summer, right? So we'll be rent, trying to rent it out, medium-term rentals for the rest of the time. So people need a toaster, right? They're If they're renting it out for a month or two months, they're not going to bring their own toaster. They're not going to bring their own bed. They're, you know what I mean? So it needs to it needs to be attractively and sufficiently furnished. So, um, you know, we really had to plan where everything was located geographically within um Calgary so that we could make a strategic shopping plan and it was also very much driven by what's in stock um that beds are you know I'm not joking but beds are really in short supply um so are sofas yeah, so everything's in short supply everything right and, and they suffer well it's it's even worse out there right because it comes from either Montreal or it comes from BC um so yeah it's just that much further away from everything so um everything was in short supply so i i, I kind of had a I had a plan but and a strategy but we had to be really really flexible um but you know i have to say everything went really really smoothly and i i think it's just being in a in a you know calgary is a city and and in a place that is has less population pressure than we have here in Toronto. So I am used yeah, to- like in you, a nutshell, you said Ikea was a beautiful experience, unlike, it here is in, unlike here in Toronto is what you said. Yeah, like I could always find somebody in Ikea to tell me how many of these, you know, Schickel Gruber thingers are, are in stock or do you have this in another color? Like they could, you know, oh, I'd be happy to look that up for you. So it wasn't like, you know, sort of the desperation that you feel in Toronto when you go into one of these big box stores or you have to, you know, return something or ask a question or uh, do you have it in a different size? You know, it just wasn't such such a big deal. People were just in a better mood. There was just a, they had more time to be friendly and to smile and, you know, just was less weight. So, so we kind of had the strategic plan. We, we were, as, as you mentioned, starting at Ikea and, and moving on to the, a couple of other stores that were closely um, located to fill in the gaps, you know, of what we couldn't find. Um, and it all just came together really nicely. And and the other thing is that, you know, shopping with incredibly this, nice with this fl flexibility in mind. Oh, you don't have one of those beds? Okay, well, what bed do you have? What double bed do you have in stock that I can take away today? And if it was that, you know, kind of made it almost a little easier, you know, when you just take what you can get. And I did have a plan. Um, so we, we, sh we, we landed in Calgary, picked up the van. We shopped that full day till the shops closed. We stayed in a motel um that we just found like at, at that time basically found it at dinner time 
and um, then shopped all the next day um, and then drove to Canmore that night. And, you know, my son, Cyrus, um, I, I just can't say enough. He was just an immense an immense help. Like, um, you know, not only was he there for the muscle and for the, you know, putting things together. Um, so he had a lot of flat pack. One day he put together nine pieces of furniture and these are not easy pieces, a sofa, chaise long, uh, five yeah. bedside Anybody's tables. Yeah, that. I know. And he <laughs> stayed cool. Um, but it was also really great, you know, cause we had to make it seem homey. So we needed to have, we needed artwork. We needed mirrors. We needed some things that made it seem like a nice home. Um, and he was really good. You know, he's very good with the design decisions and this will go with this. No, though, this is really great. So, um, very supportive, very patient, um, you know, uh, just put his, you know, stepped into the traces and just pulled the whole time. Um, so I, I, you know, there's no way I could have done it without him. Yeah. And it was all successful. I've seen the pictures, I've seen the video and our place in Canmore is now ready to be rented out. So congratulations. You've got your place in the mountains, and I might even come and visit someday. <laughs> so I can watch you go ass over tea kettle down the ski hill. <laughs> yeah, down the hill. I'm not skiing anymore. Yeah. Anyway, thank you very much for joining us, Alice Abbott. Alice Abbott. My pleasure. My wife. I love you. I love you too. <laughs> anyway, thanks very much. Okay, bye. So Alice wanted me to add that we paid too much for this property, but time heals all in real estate. And we're sure that in the long run, we've got a fantastic property. So if you like this episode, please subscribe and you'll start getting these episodes automatically. And please feel free to send these episodes on to your friends. If you need to reach me, you can email me at des at desmondbrown.ca. I'm also on all of the different social media platforms. My handle is des in the six, and the six is spelled number six, I-X. I'm Desmond Brown. Until next time. <laughs>